Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. a Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm joined by Brian Degnan and Peter Magaki. This is the Thursday Bulletin and it's normally myself and JP, but JP's work commitments meant that he appeared on Monday. All right, because a lot of people were asking, Brian, you know, where's JP? I mean, obviously they tune in because they like the cut of his jib. Now today, right, I'm sitting with people with uh, quite a bit of experience in the world of movie production, I've got to say. And today is also uh, May the 4th. Tell us about it, Brian. What 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 on earth is Star Wars Day? Star Wars Day, may the fourth be with you. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a day for geeks and Star Wars freaks all over the world to enjoy themselves and have a laugh. Um, I'm not sure who the, the the Star Wars characters in this podcast would be, although Peter, it looks like you're Chewbacca, big fella. With that, with that <laughs> <glorious> <laughs> um, I'll take that one. I so I suppose that makes me, I don't know, the Yoda. I just don't want to be Jabba. I just don't want to be Jabba. You're the Obi-Wan. All right, I'll take that, I'll take that. Listen, people will be thinking, what on earth has this got to do with Celtic? Right, okay, let's see if we can bring it back uh, on track. For me, you've got the dark side versus the light side, right? So it's the Sith versus the Jedi, and that's basically Rangers versus Celtic. Am I right, Brian? I I think that's absolutely (laughs) correct to do it. Um, Although there's no, I don't think there's any good in them. Um, what's, what's the quote for we won? I wish I knew off the hand um, when Aldran gets destroyed and he says it felt like a, a, a hundred thousand voices crying out all at one time that's what it feels like at, at Ibrox and wherever we beat them it's just like through the pain of a hundred or fifty thousand Rangers fans devastated all at one time it's glorious well just picture that scene for a moment Brian right because that is likely uh, there's a likelihood of that happening in just uh, over a week's time. If you think about that, it's going to be quite an unusual experience, Peter, for the players to go out there in any case for any game. Um, but, you know, post-Tyne Castle, there is the opportunity, as the tagline says, for us to wrap up the title. Um, Celtic will be in buoyant mood. It's going to be a strange atmosphere, though, isn't it? Oh, it'll be very weird uh, to turn up if we've won the title or if we have to win the title uh, there. Um it's just a question of like, uh, what sort of team does he put it? Because they'll be looking to they'll be looking to bully us again, like they did. Uh, you know what I mean, Todd Cantwell style, and uh, they'll probably try to leave a few tackles in to injure a few players for the cup final, uh, put a few people out. So, be interesting to see if he goes with a slightly weaker team. But again, I don't think that's Angie's style. He'll go. He'll try and win every game, and I think if you win that game as well. 
and they cannot beat us this season, then you know what I mean. The, it's uh, there's big issues at Rangers. There definitely are, and you know this. Uh, talking about a whitewash, I mean, we used to release DVDs if that happened, Brian, in the past. But that is important, and it's important for a number of reasons. There, I don't think there is anything such as a meaningless fixture against Rangers, a meaningless fixture going to Ibrox. I don't. I really don't. And in particular, in terms of the momentum um, of going into a cup final, you want to ensure that that flows throughout the next few league games. I, that's what I believe. Anyway, do you buy into that? I don't think there is any such thing as a meaningless game against them. No, no, no such thing. We There was a debate a while ago about um, Celtic and Rangers potentially having friendlies overseas at one point. And I thought there's no such thing. It's impossible. You just you can't. It's it's a no-win situation. And I think that you know going to play them at Ibrooks as champions. You know we're going to be without Carter Vickers. We know that. We're going to be without Alistair Johnson. We know that. He may me think he'll be a, a few of the squad, but you almost want him to sort of give players a chance now in that environment, because if there's ever a chance for see a fringe player or a young player or whoever to sample what it's like to play for Celtic is to play in Ibrooks with all their fans screaming obscenities at you and if you can go there as a youngster or as a French player and show up and play well and win the confidence that will, will give you maybe will, will, will carry you forward and as I say I don't think I would ever settle a lot of people suddenly say oh we go to Ibrooks get a draw that's not a bad result I, I never want to drop any points to them I always want to beat them mm-hmm. Um and I think it's basically being his champions and his his Peter Lady to if we beat them at iBooks and they've not, you know, touched us this season and they're trophyless, that's that's devastating for them confidence wise. We spoke about it um, a while back about when Mark McNeil came to Celtic and it was so important because we'd had been, you know, limited success for so long. And he came and galvanised the club and since then we've had that no we're winning. It's not an expectation win. It's not a right to win. But it's that winning mentality I keep talking about. We've had that and it's that sort of hunger. It's never left. And I think going there will just illustrate that even more. It's about standards. People talk about entitlement. It's not that at all. It's just that when you set the bar, and Celtic have set a very high bar, um, that's why, you know, during that campaign, the behind closed doors campaign, as Colin Watt calls it, uh, very early on, there was enough Celtic fans saying there's something wrong here. Son's got to give, we've got to make a change. This is not going to plan. Um, and that's about standards. It's not about feeling entitled to win a league. Uh, it's not about that at all. Uh, what we're going to be talking about today, well, the guys are going to have an opportunity to talk about their reaction to the game at the weekend, as well as the upcoming match at Tynecastle. Um, and also, there's loads more to talk about. Uh, the youth's winning the Youth Cup. They've got a big game tonight with the women's team. Um, and also, season tickets have just been announced. They've just came out. Uh, before we get on to the Rangers game, just an a interesting wee day in the life yesterday. Um, and I spoke to the group about this. So, from time to time, uh, people want to have a, a fan's view on various aspects of Celtic, be that going for a, a particular trophy or, you know, when we were going through that horrible season, they wanted to ask Axom about, you know, what's your thoughts on the manager situation, etc., etc. So yesterday we got a very interesting one, Brian. I say interesting. And uh, we were asked to take Pierce Morgan to task on his comments around uh, Celtic supporters. We, of course, refused the invitation due to the fact that the platform that it's on uh, wouldn't be in keeping with the political ideals of myself and many, if not all, of the Axon contributors. Um, but let's have a wee chat about that, Peter, because from time to time, when given the opportunity, Celtic fans will definitely make their feelings known um, when it comes to the oppressed. And we've seen it with the, the flying of the, the flag of Palestine. And we've seen it at the weekend with uh, many people voicing their view on the upcoming coronation. Um, and Celtic, in some quarters, have been pilloried for it, and it's made worldwide news as far as Australia. They've been talking about it. Um, the people criticising Celtic fans for that, though, Peter, I don't think they're our friends anyway, and they don't concern me in any way, shape or form. No, it's just, they're just looking for headlines. Uh, it's obviously an easy headline at this time, the the coronation and all that stuff that happening. I don't care, I've never cared about the royal family or anything like that, so um, there's a lot better things that money can be spent on, so 
I support what Celtic have sang and um, I just think it's people just look for easy headlines and uh, you're talking about Pierce Morgan you would never you would never get a chance on that type of show like all they all they want you is for clickbait and they would try and make you look stupid no no let you get your point across or if they did if you did get your point across they would edit you out so no benefit in going on a show like that and in giving any credence to them or any airtime so that's my views on it, really. Yeah, I think anybody who has not yet watched Frankie Boyle's take on it should definitely check out uh, Frankie Boyle uh, and his farewell to the monarchy. It is up on the, the YouTube channel just now. Well worth a watch. Uh, but, Brian, it was an interesting discussion in the Axon group yesterday all about this. Um, these are the types of things, as Peter says, that they do try and do it probably to throw you to the wolves in many, many ways, because if you're trying to dial into something and put a point across, it's going to be very difficult, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, initially the, the sort of naturally combative side of me came out and I said, right, let's let's go for it, let's let's have them. But you'd have had to have it live streamed with no edits. You would have had to, you know, made sure that, you know, that there was no way we sort of dirty tactics and stuff. And ultimately it would never have, it would never have benefited us and, you know, we'd have been lowering ourselves to their platform, not the other way around. So I didn't see it was worth. But the interesting thing about it is, you know, they're the sort of free speech channel, um, and they're okay with free speech when they want to, you know, attack minorities and, and say really controversial things about immigrants. But as soon as Celtic fans say something, oh, you gonna say that? You know, like that free speech. You know, like mm. our free speech. No, that free speech. Um, and what's interesting as well is, I mean, you Pierce Morgan to do it, who's an Irish Catholic, um, it's particularly interesting with his reactions. Um, but also the fact that, you know, Liverpool have been very vocal about the, the monarchy. Um, Nadie says anything about them. I remember when Black Lives Matter was kicking around and Millwall fans were, were booing their own players for, for taking the knee and Nadie really mentioned too much. But Celtic fans express a free opinion and, and we get slaughtered because... We're an easy target for the media. And, you know, without getting too much of a, a, a rabbit hole, if you look at the, the situation in Scotland where anti-Catholic racism or anti-Irish racism mm-hmm. has been right for so long and so accepted, it's no surprise that the, the wider mainstream media sort of see it the same way. And that's why Celtic will, will always sort of be targeted. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's selective outrage, I think, is the phrase. No, it definitely is. And again, if we want to air our views, we can do them on the Axon platform. We've got plenty of subscribers who tune in on a daily basis. Thank you, every single one of you, for subscribing to the channel. Give us a big thumbs up if you like what we do, and uh, we will continue to provide you with daily content. Loads to discuss. Let's get some of the comments in. First one up, Jungle Lion. Someone actually says to me that the event the other, the other night there, you always bring up Jungle Lion on the view. <laughs> That's because you make good points and you're always one of the first off the mark. So you're right there when I look at the, the comments. So there you go, Jungle Lion, you're back in. Where do we start today? Uh, 6-5 last night, full standing up section looks great for the North Curve. Have you seen the pictures, guys, of uh, the mock-up, that, how it could look on the Celtic end? Obviously, they're planning to, to pack it out for the women's game. It looks sensational. I'll come to you first, uh, Peter, if they can pull that off, even just as a spectacle so that people can see what it looks like. It'll be tremendous at the women's game. Aye, it'd, be, it'd be cool to see, um, just to get an idea of what it would look like. Obviously, there's a lot of issues going forward You know, with season ticket holders, whether that would work. But we should always be looking to improve, improve the atmosphere at the club. Um, make it one of the best stadiums in the world to visit, um, make it world-renowned. So you've seen things like Dortmund, the Dortmund fans, the way they make that look and stuff. So if we could replicate that, if we could come to a, an agreement with people, then maybe it could be something we could look at moving forward because we need people at the Green Brigade and stuff to create the atmosphere in the stadium. It's 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 brilliant to always have singing and stuff. And um, I, I think that's what's needed. So... Whether we expand and, and make it bigger, then that's up to the club uh, moving forward. It would be good to see, but in the in the women's game, see how it looks. Yeah, it's kind of twofold, Brian, isn't it? On one hand, you're going to see how it looks, as Peter says. On the other hand, you're lending your support to Fran Alonso's team. Um, I was I was really delighted that the club decided to put it on the season ticket as well. Yeah, it's a, a positive step in the right direction. I know, um, you know, 
Natasha and Colin in particular have been sort of banging the drum for the Celtic Moon for, for a long time now and um, I think that they've done so well this season Fran Lonzo's mm-hmm. played some excellent stuff they're doing really well and I think they deserve a support and I think it's really good that they're, they're getting that opportunity um, and I think you know judging by the comments and I know we're going to talk about it even the young guys get a, a lot of people in the stadium they got a big audience on TV to watch as well so hopefully they, they sort of we're not siloed into just the men's Celtic. It's good to see the younger guys playing and, of course, the women's team. So, so it brings attention to the club in a positive light. It's more than welcome. And uh, the women's team are on live tonight, aren't they? On Sky. They're playing. Yeah. Uh, who are they playing? Oh, yeah, the dark side. SWPL, Ex-Chelsea Stadium. I've played there, by the way. One game, never again. I think I pulled a muscle in the warm-up. No pay at the gate. Ticket link is on the Celtic Twitter. 7pm kickoff. And it is on Sky, which is great coverage for the game. James Devine, we are going for a clean sweep after the young boys won the Youth Scottish Cup last night. Come on, the girls. It's incredible, though, just uh, you know, by showing a game live on the, on the box, how much interest you then start getting in that. I mean, there's probably names, much to my, my own shame, um, from that game last night that I hadn't heard of before. I mean, I remember back in the day, you would see the names coming through the pages of the Celtic View, wouldn't you, every week? In the match programme, there was always a wee bit of focus on the youth and the reserve teams, and you would actually follow Chas Mulgrew, as he was called when he was 12, coming through the ranks and coming through the reserves and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Maybe not so much, so it's great to see them getting a bit of coverage. And Daniel speaks about last night's game, saying that afternoon, everyone, uh, great result for the boys last night. Young Mitchell Frame and the captain, Kyle Ewer, were outstanding. Ones to keep an eye on for the future. We have really, um, you know, uh, a great tradition, Peter, of rearing youth players through the ranks. We know the, the famous Lisbon Lions. Prior to uh, the Lions, we had the Kelly Kids, um, as they were called. And then after the Lions, the Quality Street Gang. And it, it's moved on and on and on. In the 1980s, we produced some phenomenal footballers. I think probably the, the only era that we didn't was maybe the 90s. I mean, you look at today's team. McGregor's a captain. You've got Tony Ralston, who we'll talk about, by the way. Um, we've got Jamesy Forrest, Stephen Welsh, who might be on his way out, uh, Mikey Johnson, who might be on his way out. But it is part of the traditions of this club. So it's great to see that we are continuing to improve uh, in relation to bringing the youth through. And of course, we might see more from Summers and Vata in the coming weeks as well. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Aye, there's nothing more exciting than seeing... When you turn up and you see somebody on the bench or somebody that's made made it near the first team, that's a that's a, a youngster or a youth team uh, player. It's I remember with like McGeady and stuff. Like when it, I remember he first came on and I think Martin O'Neill put him on, and I watched the game and it was his, his debut, and I was like, this guy's unbelievable. And it's like I hadn't even seen him before, so it's like where's he been hiding? So it's like it really good to see young youth coming through that you don't even know about. Some uh, the problem with me is I'm I wasn't I seen me clips of the uh, the game last night and I didn't know a lot of the players some so that was a shame for myself but like who was there was Ange and he's got his finger on the pulse so it's more important that he knows about the players than than me so it's good to see him there um, taking an interest in all levels of the club and knowing. Uh, I read a thing he says he wants to know about sort of every player and and their development and stuff so. That's a, a big carrot for them to know that he's there, he's watching and he's waiting to see if you can prove yourself. Because he will throw you in. If you're good enough, he'll put you into the team. I think it's a great point. Imagine looking up at the stand, uh, Brian, and there's Ange Postacoglu sitting there. So, yeah, you've got that whole uh, element of knowing what's happening at every kind of level of the club. Uh, there's been managers in the past who are not interested in that. I've spoken to... Uh, people about managers who are huge. I've got huge respect for who were not interested. They would speak to maybe the person running 
uh, that side of things and just saying, you know, give me the players when they're ready. But they, they wouldn't go and identify it themselves. I got, I got told a great story one time and it was um, a game was getting played at one point way back during kind of the Quality Street Gang time, Brian. Um, a lot of the reserve games were getting played uh, and they were playing games at, um, I think it was maybe Clifton, it was Albion Rovers' stadium. I'm sure it was. Um, and there was a guy on the bench. I'm trying to remember who told me the story. But uh, Sean Fallon took the the team. Sean Fallon looked after the Quality Street gang. And uh, one of the kind of French players is a sub and he's sitting on the bench. And on this particular occasion, Jock Steen came to the game. So as you can imagine, everybody's kind of like getting that wee extra 10% in their game and their, uh, the way that they apply themselves and their effort and all this kind of stuff. But I think it was John Taggart. I think it was John Taggart that told me this story. So he's sitting there, and so he's basically sitting in a dugout with Sean Fallon and Jock Steen, and he's and he's earwigging on what they're talking about. And at one point, Steen turns around to Sean Fallon and says, you know that Davey Hay? I think he's better than you give him credit for. And Davey Hay was in the, the next start in 11. He was in the squad. So it just shows you that a lot of managers don't do that. They don't go and, and, and keep an eye on what's happening. I think it was fantastic. What For me, what a message that sends to the young boys to see Ange at the game last night, Brian. Massive. And it's not just the, the young boys who, you know, the, the message is for because, you know, we've we've spoken about it ad nauseum about the need for sort of infrastructure and pathway and a sort of clear idea of development for these guys. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the manager's there, you sort of you can tell the, the the youth players are trying to play like the B team, they're trying to play like the first team. You can tell that 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 sort of um, attacking football like Ange Ball light is very much in play. And the fact that the manager's there to see it, it shows that there's a plan in place. So there's actually there's every potential. You know, a lot of these youth teams we spoke about there, you know, no one's ever heard of them or they went on to populate other teams in the SPFL. But you actually, you can start to go, do you know what? I can see where maybe these, this guy in a few years may start to fit into that system. And that's the idea. And if you look at, you know, Vata, getting game time, getting Ben Summers been on the bench, uh, a small bit of game time, Boston Lowell, um, Senate Half uh, playing there again. You start to see that actually, do you know what? There is validation here that he is taking an interest and this is, you know, hopefully the, the stream of talent. Um, in terms of some of the play, I mean, the game itself was brilliant. And um, I thought, and I don't know if it's the, the maybe I'm just getting a big softy because I'm getting old, but seeing all the, the all the wee guys for the academy all jumping about cheering and shouting at and singing the songs and doing the wee muddy huddle, uh, I thought that was class. And I just thought it was a, a it was a fun game. It, well, it was little bit mistakes. It was six five game. Do you know what I mean? It was it was PlayStation stuff, but but thoroughly good watch. And I thought some of the players really really stood out. I thought uh, the boy Yuri, or you sorry. I thought he was excellent. I thought he was really composed for for his age. Mm-hmm. I thought his range of passion was good. Uh, I thought the boy Cummings done well. Looks the part physically. Strong, fast. Um, and I thought McKenzie was another standout. I thought he he looked really good. So I, it was it was fun to watch. Um, I did enjoy it, but some of the I felt I did feel sorry for the, the wee goalkeeper in the first half right enough. Um, I don't <laughs> have any relation to Natasha, so I wouldn't rubbish him too much. But um, he's only sixteen. The young boy and poor. Um, but when you watch it and at that age, you start to go, "Oh no, just going to take more." You're, you're right. You that cringe. You're, you're wishing the best for them. Um, it's interesting how back in the day it used to be real Roy the Rover stuff, but now Brian's coined the phrase real PlayStation stuff. Just shows <laughs> you how time, times change. By the way, before we get away from the Star Wars uh, links, I'm not a massive fan. I remember them when I was a kid. They always seemed, and this might be through a golden haze, and I might be embellishing this, they always seemed to be on at Christmas time. I'm talking about the original trilogy. That's all I've ever seen, guys, right? Now, I know you two are into film, is there any point in me watching anything else? Or should I just keep that 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 golden haze it being actually quite a good trilogy? No, I watched it. There's a few there's a the, the Obi Wan TV show was really good. Um and, and some of your movies are alright. But um I just kinda I I, I, I I love it. And I love the I love the effect it has in people. I remember you McGregor was interviewed about playing Obi Wan Kenobi and he said his first few days in set, he kept getting into trouble because when he was using the lightsaber, he was going, shoo, shoo, shoo. <laughs> and it's all right, we've got the sound effects. And it's just that thing, you, you would do it, you would do it just it's natural. Yeah, just absolutely. And even Stanley Jackson, the coolest man alive, he says, uh, you know, I want a purple lightsaber because nobody else has got one. And it's like, 
He's Sammy Lee Jackson. We won't be talking about here talking lightsabers, but uh, I love it. I love, I love anything like that that brings people together and can bring the shout out and people. It's, it's good. It's refreshing. It is. And Samuel Lee, of course, was uh, photographed wearing some Celtic kit by uh, Gianni Capaldi. I think wherever he goes, he probably takes a few spares to make sure he can get a wee photo. It's tremendous to see. Uh, Peter, what about yourself? Should I just leave it with the uh, the great memories of the original trilogy or some at some point should I venture into some of the later movies? Well, to be honest, um, I've only seen one uh, Star Wars movie and it was The Phantom Menace and it ruined it for me. So I never watched another one after Jar Jar Binks. So. But if you want a good laugh, you want to see some good CGI, um, get on there. Uh, flaps his gums like Michael Beale, So <laughs> <laughs> There's always a football link. Right. You two haven't had an opportunity on here to talk about the game at the weekend in any great depth. Uh, we've been banging on about it, of course, since Sunday. Uh, Peter, I'll come to you first. Uh, overall thoughts about it. I mean, the way I was going on about it was, yes, there were certain elements of uh, the, the game where we had to defend, but we defended really well, so I'm quite happy with that. I never ever felt like we were under the cosh. I didn't get that vibe. You know, I've, I've been in, There's been days in the past where I have felt like that as a Celtic supporter. That wasn't one of them. Um, and we just know how we get the job done. And that, that's the big thing, taking care of business. We spoke about it last week. Um, and this team has got that mentality. It's been drummed into them by Ange. Well, I was I had messaged you on this, was it Sunday? I Sunday to come on after the game, uh, but you didn't see the message. And if you got me on, I would have been doing the conga in the living room. I was loving life. It was what a week it's been, by the way. I've been waiting to come on here all week. It's been fantastic. The sun is shining. We're going to win a treble. Well, hopefully. And uh, we've put Rangers to the sword again. So that's how I'm feeling. I am buzzing. But I on the game. Um, thought we did well. Again, it was a bit... It's a bit like keeping like a wee kid at arm's length where they're trying to, like, try to like punch you sort of thing. We, we did what we needed today. And... Um, I watched it again. Obviously, you need to rewatch it with the the emotion and the and the the nerves and stuff. So, when I watched it again, I actually thought we were we were fine. Obviously, when you're watching it, um, second half we didn't start well. Rangers did a good twenty minutes, but you say good. There was that one chance. I think there was two. I'll call it two chances. I say I feel the shot whether it was going in, and then there was the Sicalamus. But apart from that, I don't think there was anything. I mean, if you call the Morelos one a chance, then there was three offside, so that wasn't even a chance. So, um, in a in a cup semi final, you're gonna you're gonna give up chances here and there. But yeah, when you really look at it and break it down, um, I thought we were fine. We Rangers were throwing everything at Celtic, and they had to throw everything at Celtic, everything they had, because that was their season in forty five minutes. And I think Celtic probably realised that. Maybe they couldn't get out, but we we just sat in and we just defended our box. Carter Vickers, Starfelt, and the two fullbacks, they, they won everything. So um and when I when I watched the game again, I thought the first fifteen minutes were maybe Rangers, and then the second half an hour were probably Celtic in the first half. Probably the the next thirty minutes in the second half were Rangers, and then last fifteen minutes when they should have been given everything. Uh, we sort of managed the game out. We got mm-hmm. territory up the park. Uh, all came on, um, started winning a lot of balls. We just uh, sort of kept it in the corners and stuff. And what was pretty telling was um, when the when the camera cut to Rangers fans leaving before maybe I think there was five minutes added on, and they were yeah. leaving the minute, and they were only one nothing done. I know. Like what happens if you score a goal? I mean, that that was pretty crazy. That means that they must have thought there's no chance for scoring here. It's a resignation. I mean, I think you saw uh, when Jota celebrates his goal right in front of them, right? And you've got all, all you know the pictures that you've seen on on social media. Um, but there was the resignation. There wasn't even as much anger, Brian, as as you normally see in scenarios like that. Um, and as Peter said, we did we put them to the sword. Yeah. Um, they've got to throw everything at it. That was their entire campaign, all resting on maybe taking us to extra time, maybe trying to uh, win the game. But there's a knack now, and it's not a hex. It's nothing like that. There's a there's a knack to winning, and I, I've watched plenty of Celtic teams in the past where we didn't have that, and uh, you could throw everything at a Rangers team. They were talking about it yesterday. Classic um, Tommy Burns scenario. You know the big games against Rangers. They always seem to beat us. 
every time we met them in a cup, they would beat us. We would we would um, uh, quite regularly get the obligatory end of season win when it didn't mean anything really in terms of anything other than uh, bragging rights for a couple of days at your work. Um, I think uh, the, the first Tommy Burns derby was maybe an exception to that where we beat them 2 nothing at Ibrox, you'll remember. I think it was McStay and Collins scored the goals. Um, but other than that, they always beat us when it mattered. But that's flipped and, and Ange now has that over Rangers. And I think that's going to be a very, very difficult thing to break, Brian. I think so. And um, it's interesting you see so quite a lot of my, bit, my closest mates, a lot of my Rangers fans, so we've all got a big group chat. So normally... What's the group chat called? Oh, I can't, I can't say it on air. <laughs> I, I can't say some of the things I get called after the game, but normally normally after these games, I'll be a bit of a line-up merchant and say something. So I put a wee shamrock and then I just put the, the Muttley laughing gif. And then I get no replies. They're, they're just so deflated, they couldn't even get annoyed at me. And I think that's indicative of your point about the, the fans and the film now, because they, they just... The fact they had to win that game, they absolutely had to. And I, I'm not saying we didn't have to work for it, but I never really felt we were going to lose it. Like I always felt, even when, when they were when they were sort of, you know, th- trying to throw everything at us, I, I never really felt we were going to lose. Um, and I think that's just that winning mentality that, that's creeping in now. It's like, yeah. we're, we're going to win just, and it's not just to turn up, but it's like we're, we're working for it. And, you can cut and paste my comments to the last year Rangers games to this one because I still don't think we played that well. Mm, I still definitely not we, our best. Definitely not we, our we best. Two, two or three more gears to go up easily and mm-hmm. we still beat them. I mean, it, it, that must kill you mentally if you're one of their players. And it turns out how we performed. I thought, I don't know my match, but Carter Vickers was an absolute Goliath. I mean, he was what, what that performance. Like, if you're Everybody in that squad must have looked at him and been galvanised. You know, just the, the, the effort. The, that part where he went down and he, he'd done his knee and managed to get up and limp and still clear a header. I mean, it's just, it's it's, it's amazing stuff. And um, and Jota, again, took his goal tremendously well. And um, I think we were talking about it in the group chat, that photo of Jota with a bubblebee top on in the jeans. Mm-hmm. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fantastic. See, see, see the thing with that? Oh, oh, by the way, that, that picture, um, see when I was doing all the, the stuff with the, the book, the Celtic jersey book, one of the suggestions that I made uh, in terms of marketing, because Arsenal did it, was that you got a current player to wear some of the old retro jerseys. And I mean, Jota has shown... No, everybody can pull it off like Jota. Jota has shown how good it looks, you know, when you see a current player in an old retro jersey. Um, but I think there was maybe issues with regards to the fact that you're going through a few different manufacturers, so you would need to go to Umbro and, and Nike and New Balance, and if you're obviously getting your kit made by Adidas, they wouldn't be happy. But it did. It looked absolutely tremendous. Um, and, we're, we're, you know, respect to the way that we played that game, I think we're, we were playing within ourselves. You know, you said going up, up the gears. I think if faced with it, I had a completely different feeling at the weekend there than I did in the last Scottish Cup semi-final against them, where there was, a, there was an air of resignation in my mind. And if you look at the post-match, which, because obviously we covered the game, I, I just didn't believe at, at, at loads of points in that game, I know we took the lead through Greg Taylor, that we were actually going to win it. And by the end of it, I certainly didn't think we could have gone up any gears. I, I just thought that was us. 
and we weren't going to win that game. Didn't get that at all um, at the weekend there. It's obviously going to bode us very, very well. I think both sides are going to look completely different next season, but we're going to come to that. You brought up Carter Vickers, Brian, um, and I think that when you look at uh, the situation, it's almost as if just get over that Rangers game and then we can re- we can rest you. And uh, Ange alluded to that, Peter, as well as alluding to the fact that he thinks he's he's a scary big guy um, and he wouldn't drop him until such times as Carl Vickers was happy with. So I'm going to ask you the question. That leaves us now with uh, Starfelt, who also was superb at the weekend, by the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, overshadowed by Carl Vickers for obvious reasons, but Starfelt was brilliant. Um, and it leaves us with him and Kobayashi. Um, the other options we then have, if you come down to who's next in line, would be Stephen Welsh, possibly on his way out in the preseason, and uh, Boston Lawal, who I think has only played one first team game. So my question would be then, uh, with that in mind, and the fact that uh, Carter Vickers is going to be out for between three to four months, Peter, do we have to go into the transfer market and buy another centre half? Um, possibly, but. The way Ange deals, he could find a quality centre half for next to nothing. So that shouldn't be an issue. I, I would pause. I wouldn't mind seeing somebody coming in. Hopefully, um, Carter Vickers will be back uh, relatively early in the season. But you, you're going to move Starfield over the right, which he has looked better on the right, and then uh, Kobayashi on the left. And it's <laughs> he needs the game, so it'll be good to see him. But I think if it's possible, you could. You know, you could maybe get money for Welsh. I, if I'm being ultra critical, I've never really like been, been completely sold on Welsh. So, and and the way I think or have geared my thinking when since Angus came in is like for Europe. So all my judgments are based on Europe and how well I think they'll do in in like the Champions League. Yeah. So, um, I I think maybe you would you would need that because let's say. Carter Vickers is out. Starfelt can get injuries. He has been injured before. Um, then you're then you're pretty pretty light, to be honest. So um, I wouldn't mind uh, seeing him going out and picking up another gem somewhere. That might be that might be worth it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, possibly, sorry, and impossibly maybe sell him Welsh and try and get some money for him. I, I was hearing obviously there's been interest in Welsh, Peter. Um, we know that it was Toulouse, I think. Who was the other club that was interested? <laughs> Udinese, Udinese were interested in him, and you know the chat around that time was we didn't have enough cover. There was the whole um, will he go, will he, will he stay and hang around Julien situation at the time, um, and obviously we brought in Maurice Jens on loan. Uh, so I think with, with regards to Stephen Welsh, the way I kind of view that, I, I've I've championed him for long enough, Brian. But he's not getting games. He's not going to break in right now, and right now is when he need games. He needs games. So I think that if it goes in the preseason, we'll, we'll get a fee for him. They, they were talking about fees to Toulouse and Udinese. Um, Ange didn't want to loan him out, and that was probably just for cover. Um, obviously, we've let uh, Jens go, uh, so we'd be a wee bit light if that is the case. But again, there's nothing wrong with Ange dipping his toe back into the transfer market because we, we, we really trust uh, when he does that, that that we're going to get some real, real quality. And there'll be a whole list of people on the shortlist already, Brian. Absolutely, and, and it's not just the fact we trust the quality, it's the fact, and Peter, Peter sort of mentioned it there, but we, we, we still need to improve. Even Anne said, you know, in the last presser, we, we still got a while to go before we're his version of a good team, mm-hmm. which is tremendously exciting, really. Um, and that can only mean updating on people that are there. So, on Starfield, for example, we should be at the point where Starfield's cover for Carter Vickers. And as a, a first choice left centre back, whether that be Kobayashi or someone else, that should be the strength of depth we have at the back. I like Stephen Mouse, I've always liked him. Um, I, I don't think he's deserved some of the criticism, but I think he's very similar to Starfield. You get the same weaknesses in that he's, he gets caught under the ball quite a lot. Mm. He's not the biggest centre half, but what Starfield has is experience and aggression. Um, and he's got that with him mentality now. His confidence is sky high compared to when he first came in where there was a mistake in him more often than not. I don't think we've seen that as much in the past few months, actually. Um, but I do think they need to upgrade. Same with the keeper, same with Joe Hart. Big fan of Joe Hart, thinks he's done incredibly well. But if you want to move to the next level, we're going to need a new keeper. Um, and, I, and quite honestly, as much as 
you know, there's there's areas of the park where we're excellent. And I always think Ange is the type of manager. If he thinks there's a player there that's either better than he's got or will improve it, he'll buy them. And the onus will be on the current player to retain his position. I don't think he plays favourites, really. I think he's been clear about that. I think he mentioned this in the summertime, you know, don't get too close to your heroes because they might move on. And that, that sort of whole, and part of me is like, oh my God, he's going to sell Kyogo, he's going to sell Hatati. But actually what it means is Celtic are bigger than anybody and I'll keep improving this club until it's ready to be. And, and I'll take that every time. And then they put Jota in the Bumblebee kit. I mean, they're just playing with our emotions here, Brian. <laughs> Kevin Mullen, afternoon action from Sonny Airdrie. Is it sunny out there? I keep saying that because I don't see daylight until I leave here at six or seven tonight. Actually, it will be seven tonight because Kevin and I are doing Schema Celica. We're covering every Oasis album and we are now at Don't Believe the Truth 2005. And I've got to say, when you revisit an album and you really study it, it's just not in the background. You really study it because you're going to talk about it. You can make a, a fresh kind of summary and a, a fresh opinion on it. And it's a much better album than I remember. So we'll be talking about that tonight. Uh, Kevin Mullen, counting down to party time. Get this league wrapped up. And then let's see some of the young guns like Vata and Summer see what they can do. I agree with that. I mean, that, um, and again, I think the Rangers game at Ibrox is a great point that was made earlier. Um, when better to throw somebody in to a situation where there's an atmosphere there that, you know, there's not a single Celtic fan in the ground. Um, there's a test. And if you can stand up to that, you can stand up to just about anything. And, and on, that, on that as well, uh, sorry, Paul, on that point, a lot of time people say you can't throw the youngsters into a big game because they, yeah, they lose it, they're going to get the blame. We've won the league. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're in a cup final against a championship team. We can be very confident it's been a successful season. Would it be the, obviously it'd be horrible to lose against them at any time, but if there's ever an opportunity where the pressure's remotely off, it's now. Yeah, you know the naivety sometimes works in a, a young player's favour. Actually, does. It does. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Alan Robertson, great result for the young boys last night. Absolutely. And it's great that we're sitting here talking about uh, the youth. Xander Mack really enjoyed the Youth Cup final last night. We never stopped yet. It would be fantastic if uh, we had a successful youth team, B team, women's team, and first team. Absolutely. Um, Just as we get a wee guest appearance from uh, the Moggy. There we go. Now, is his name. Stevie. 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 Aye. It was, was the, the fiancé that came up with it. He's a Rangers fan, by the way, from my son. <laughs> what I was saying, though, is it's really interesting when people give their pets human names. Mings was Bobo, obviously. Right, the cup final. Um, we need to talk about that. There's a few wee developments over the last uh, day or so. First of all, uh, obviously, we were informed that Inverness Cali Thistle would be getting about 8,000 tickets that could rise to 10,000, depending on um, any returns, which I doubt. And then, obviously, you've got the hospitality and corporate after that, followed by the rest of the tickets coming to Celtic, which is tremendous. Hopefully, you get one. Um, but there was a rumour earlier in the week, Brian, about the kickoff time being an early kickoff. And obviously, we spoke about it here. We spoke about how unfair it was to the Inverness fans travelling to the game. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't see an issue going head-to-head with the FA Cup. I really don't. I mean, it's always been there. Um, I was talking just earlier about the fact that I remember the Celtic-Dundee United game, uh, Liverpool were playing Wimbledon at the same time. And by the way, I think both games were televised. Um, so for me, I, I really can't understand the kickoff time. The club, they've not gone for the early kickoff time, they've gone for the late kickoff time. And the club have come out with a statement, they're unhappy. You've got to think about our Irish fan base coming over as well, Brian, because it's just so difficult. Um, you know, and uh, let's be honest, they're not thinking about that, are they? That's the issue. They don't give a second thought about the fans. I don't give a flying F, do they? They're not interested. Um, no. So the FA Cup final, that's Man City, Man United, isn't it? I couldn't even tell you, mate. Right. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. even tell you. Yeah. Right. So two teams from Manchester. So put the put the like kick off what they want to put the aim getting home for. It's in the city. Mm-hmm. They're all going the same mm-hmm. way. And then you've got Inverness, the fans coming up for Inverness. I mean, see, see, this is a perfect ideal for I've seen an Inverness or a or a Celtic fan for that matter, but you want to bring the kids to a cup final, right? For Inverness they don't get a chance. You gotta bring your kids 
up there at that time, right? Say goes to extra time and penalties, probably won't say it does, and then try to go home to Inverness at that time. It's a disgrace. They don't care. They just don't care. They're not interested. And same for Celtic fans, as you say, regardless of whether it's it's um, fans filing or not, try to go home at that time is going to be a nightmare for people. Mm-hmm. And say people want to bring their kids and enjoy the night and stuff, and then it rolls around into the evening, and you have to go home for it. It's, it's madness, and it's just... It's as always we say, it's just there's no joined up thinking. The SFA is simply no fit for purpose. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. I can't see the commercial reason for it because if you think people that are, are tuning in to watch the FA Cup final in England, if any of them are thinking, oh lads, I hope we get this finished so we can watch the Celtic game, mm-hmm. you're out of your mind. There's a different audience. Mm-hmm. Exactly. A different audience. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense and it winds me up. And it's just because it's. It's such a lack of consideration for the, the average punter, regardless of what team they support. Mm-hmm. It's so poor for me. And if Scottish football ever wants to improve, the only thing we can get is people in the stadiums and getting a bit of atmosphere and a bit of character and a bit of part about the game. Because that's kind of what we can offer. But if you're going to exclude people and you're going to disrespect them in that way, why would they bother turning up? You know this, I remember going into the uh, Mitchell Library to look through all the old Celtic views when I was researching something, right? And some of the old chairmen came out and spoke about TV coverage of football as being the enemy. It's going to bring the game down. Honestly, you, you, you should see some of the headlines. And then fairly recently, Jim Orr was talking about the fact that the priority is always on the TV audience rather than the punter who's paid the money for the ticket and who's at the game. And he even mentioned, Peter, about the fact that VAR, if you're at the game, it's all geared towards letting the TV audience know what's happening. They don't care about the people in the stadium. I mean, you're, you're in parks where sometimes the you know fans can't even see the screens if there is a screen because the suggestion we made is to have the you know the the electronic boards around the pitch so that you could have the decision going around there and everybody's going to see it. Um, but yeah, it, it comes down to that, doesn't it? They're, they're just looking at. By the way, a broadcasting deal that isn't good enough in the first place, Peter. But prioritising people sitting at home watching the game. Nah, completely agree with everything that Brian said. They can't really add much more, uh, but as it's, they don't care. Money rules football, and I don't know why they're trying to go against each other with this um, this kickoff time. Like uh, Brian says, it is a completely different audience. People that are Manchester United and Manchester City supporters don't really care about an Inverness Cali Thistle Celtic Cup final, really. So um, it's it's ridiculous, and um, I mean we may as well go back to empty stadiums and no care about the fans then, and just play it in front of billboards and uh, advertising hoardings because they they they're, they're going to realise soon that if if fans don't turn up because that is what you play for, that is why you go to football mm-hmm. for fans for joy to score in front of a set of fans and take the adulation and like. Football with it, for, without fans is nothing. That's basically it. So you need you're right. if you're going to, if you're going to turn that into the you know just a monetization thing and just TV rights and uh, caring about the TV audience, then you have empty stadiums. And and when it comes to Scotland, like I said a few weeks ago, we really need to start concentrating on our own game and 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 uh, thinking. Like forward thinking and concentrating our own game and actually come up with uh, like new ways to get the fans back and never mind about England, never mind about anywhere else. We are Scotland and we can produce a good product and that's what you need to focus on and no bow down to all these other pressures. See, the interesting thing is as well, right? See, even if you... So I, I, I don't really mind the fact that there's the television income coming in as more games televised, right? Uh, it's kind of irrelevant to me. But it's this, putting the cup final at that time, it's a false economy because what you're doing is you're advertising a game that's getting the fans in the atmosphere. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So if that's what you're advertising, who's going to watch it? Who's going to care? No mm. one. If you're filling, so it's different in England. So use it like Man United, for example, right? 
I remember when the, 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 sort of, the sort of real Man U fans were protesting against the European Super League stuff. They were filling the stadium anyway because tourists were coming because they wanted to catch a Premier League team. Yeah. You, know, you, you see, you know, Tottenham and Arsenal have got half and half scarce and opposition fans getting pictures for the players and all that. It's a different world. So there's so much money in that game, they don't need to care about the fans. Scotland's totally different. What you should be doing is maximising what you get for the fans, getting them in, getting the atmosphere going, and then you can market that. And from a branded perspective, that makes sense. But showing the Scottish game, showing the English FA Cup final with all the glitz and glamour, stadiums full, world-class players, and then showing Hamden with a dodgy racetrack, several thousand empty seats, and Inverness playing. There's no comparison, and there's never going to be that. So yet, if you're putting them on the same thing, it doesn't make any sense from a business perspective, whether you're being cynical about it or not. No, you're, you're spot on. And it's on the day that Celtic um, have announced that the renewals are out for the season tickets. I've heard uh, you know, comments from a couple of clubs this week. Straight away, uh, we heard from Aberdeen that their season tickets are going really, really well. I mean, there's no absolutely no coincidence that uh, obviously they've got a new CEO who is quite a forward-thinking guy um, and they're doing really well with it. Flip side is Martindale comes out speaking about Livingston having sold something like under 100. I don't know if that was tongue-in-cheek, by the way, Brian, but uh, they're struggling to sell tickets. We're in a a situation at the moment where uh, people are hedging their bets when it comes to finances and uh, you you can even see it in in the industry of live events, for example, where people will decide maybe on the week if they're going to go. They might not want to give you uh, the money at the beginning of the month but they wait on until to see if they've got them and I get that because that's the economy that we live in but you take away the fans and it's the famous uh, Jockstein quote although it's been misquoted as being Matt Busby's Bill Shankly's and anybody else who managed the football team about the fans obviously being uh, the life's blood of the game they give the gate they're the only thing left in football that gives it any kind of soul everything else has lost its soul to money in football the only thing left is the fans and it's the fans that give the game the energy and that was by the way one of the reasons why Celtic were so poor in that season that we lost the 10 because we didn't have the fans and it did affect us it's not the only reason Brian I mean we've gone through it time and time again as to why that happens and all the theories behind it that was a massive reason behind it Um, so yes it's something that again highlights the fact that our association doesn't even care about the clubs because the clubs are coming out and making a statement after the decision's been made. The association would have you believe that it was done uh, in consultation with the clubs. And then the clubs come out and say, we're not happy with the decision. So yeah, Scottish football, this is what it, this is what it's like time and time again, constantly shooting itself in the foot. And by the way, going back to the opening of the show, Paul Andrew Martin, may the 4th be with you. And I'm not quite sure you're not going to get an impression, John, the van driving legend, still a driving god. Paul John would be Darth Vader. I don't think that's a compliment, guys. But thanks anyway for getting involved. Joe Halton, what a game last night. The Wayne Brigade, that's what we're calling them. Mm -hmm. The Wayne Brigade celebrating at the end was icing on the cake. Well done. Aye, that was fantastic to see. Um, And I love it because it spreads like wildfire. Uh, The good news stories as well uh, spread like wildfire on the socials as well. Alan Robertson, according to the, the tweet I read this morning, the ladies' game is on Sky Sports, as far as I understand. So get that checked out. Um, Bobby Madden has been speaking about his um, upbringing and the fact that his old granddad used to take him to Ibrox, but he's not a Rangers fan. Unbelievable, only in Scottish football. Um, when it comes, are you shocked at this revelation, Brian? I can see there's a look of shock in your face. I just go back to the Star Wars theme, it feels like Bobby Madden's trying to do a Jedi mind trick on us. <laughs> I know. Just in case there's photographic evidence, yes, I used to go to all the games. Mm-hmm. I'm brought up a Rangers fan, but I'm not a Rangers fan. Yeah. No, sure. no, 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 real, real, real Love Rangers. Love Street, fan. Love Street, that's where I was. But then we've not seen the real, real, real Rangers for years, apparently, according to the <laughs> captain. Um, I didn't get this checked, so I might be wrong here and I'm wrong. I apologise, but I'm pretty sure the last time we lost to them, he was ref. I don't think we've lost since. I might be, be wrong, but it's worth double checking. Something in the comments will tell me. Um, but yeah, just just stupid comment, like just ah, oh, I don't know what can you say. Well, we spoke the other week there about what do you do with Scottish refs, right? So there's there's been a lot of developments this season, Peter, and and the worst for me was uh, the fact that Kevin Clancy's um, 
safety and that of his his family was uh, threatened. Uh, just shocking, right? Absolutely shocking. But in terms of the referee, and I think what needs to happen is we need to tear it up and start again. I think we need professional refs. We need to have a situation very much like, you know, where coaches come to Scotland because it's known as being an epicentre, you know, a, a culture that's at large where you can create coaches and get your badges and all that. Exactly the same thing should happen when it comes to refereeing. Um, and we should have, uh, you know, a conveyor belt of referees coming through. That's going to take a while for us to produce quality refs. And in the meantime, if you can't go professional, then basically we'll get the freelancers in, we'll, we'll get people in from other leagues to do the ref. Because you cannot have it as a part. This is a professional game. You can't have amateurs refereeing your games. It's as simple as that. that that's the way I would take it, Peter. And that doesn't change, even though Bobby Madden's um, admitted that he's a Rangers fan. No, no, we need, we need professional referees. Even uh, when we look at the... Um... Look at some of the decisions in the, the semi-final. I mean, when we scored that goal and the foul on Matt O'Reilly, I know what you're giving. I was like, "Are you having a laugh?" And then you've got the um, which was good for us because obviously we played the whistle and then went on and scored. And then you've got the one on uh, Greg Taylor with Tillman where he injures himself. He completely wipes him out, and the referee just walks away. So it's 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 all well and good because obviously we're winning games, but. And you look at these decisions, you go, How these are so blatantly obvious fouls and you're just waving them away. So I we, we know the standard's been poor. Like I said, it's a lottery. You don't know what you're going to get week to week. There's no consistency. And um, it would be good if we want to start again and, and start bringing people through. It's a long process, but it, it might bear fruit in the future. So mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. worth doing it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm just going to bring this up. Gary. I don't know if you're on the wind-up. Far too negative about the kickoff time. It's ideal. Fans can plant a steal. Right, so let's look at the situation. You're coming over from Ireland. You're coming over with your supporters club. You travel together, right? And you're then going to say, let's say your supporters club come over for every home and away game, and there's 50 of you for a home game or, or this cup game, Brian. And you're saying to everybody, you can come. But by the way, you're going to have to find accommodation as well on top of your travel and your ticket. That's not fair. And what if you're working on the Monday morning? Exactly. It's just no fear, is what it? You can't afford to pay for a hotel, but you can afford to your travel for your ticket. Yeah. That's, uh, I'm sorry, Gary, but that's... Uh, that's. Uh, I can't see what I think of that comment, but I can't agree. Let's put it that way, pal. Just <laughs> no. on, the, on the, the, the referees, the referee last night, youth game, was the next player. So surely, if there's guys that are maybe playing part-time or, you know, at a slightly lower level and they're looking for a career after football, surely they, they can go get these guys into refereeing. They're very good at fitness. They know the game. Surely a, a, a course that lasts maybe a month or two and they can get a qualification for it. Mm-hmm. And then you're paying, I think you pay refs about a grand a game, something like that. Surely you could pay someone half of that, get and do more games and, and salary of that pro rata and it's a decent living. Like there's a lot of things we can do. It's, it goes back to that sort of SFA, SPFL. There's no joined up thinking around it. Like the, the, it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to have, I mean, even Brendan Rogers said that he was famous for saying we were a professional league with amateur referees. Makes yes. no sense. No. It makes absolutely no sense. And on the point of Don Robertson tackling, again, I'm not going into the conversation of rest bias or the not, but a, a ref that can't do his job is dangerous. And it was Don Robertson, I'm almost sure, that was in charge when Turnbull got injured in Angie's first season and missed the rest of the season pretty much. Mm-hmm. And it was a horrible tackle. And I don't even know if there was action taken against it. And I'm sure other teams have had the problem as well. We have players getting tackled and injured badly. There was a, a, a Lundstrom tackle that could have been hideous had he connected into, again, nothing. Now, that even if we say, if we take the bias argument out of it, it's just poor refereeing and it's going to cost somebody their career. It, it, it winds up the fans, it winds up the players. It's like the VAR conversation. Just Jim Law said it's so simply... And, and so correctly as he often does just pause the time in the watch and then start it and uh, and then you still get your 90 minutes That this you know letting players run about celebrating for a minute getting everybody together and then checking VAR for another 3 minutes and adding a minute and a half extra time it doesn't add up it's stupid just common sense approach thinking better training but the refs man they, they, they've got to change and even professional refs will make mistakes but some of the some of the performances are are atrocious. Yeah, they're terrible. And we spoke about uh, Robertson's uh, 
performance at the weekend. And you know what? There's there's a whole plethora of footballers being freed every single summer, right? Some of them get you know back in the game. A lot of them don't. Is that a possible career path, Brian? So going back to the point that you said about ex-players, it could be young ex-players lost to the game. Um, there's a few things coming up at Tynecastle that we probably need to speak about. Uh, we're going to be probably seeing the likes of Kobayashi playing because Kata Vickers being rested. Um, we're probably going to see Tony Ralston coming in uh, for a good run of games first. Proper run of games we've seen from him this season, I would guess, because, I mean, that was just his 13th appearance at the weekend, Peter, and I think the way that he approaches the game, uh, not only on the park, but even his words after it, talking about, you know, hopefully uh, uh, Alistair Johnson gets well soon and all that. His attitude has been absolutely flawless since Ange Postecoglou came in. It's sometimes easy to forget because he's not really been in the side this season. But I'm, I'm delighted to see that he's back in the team. Not delighted that Johnson's injured, by the way. And, you know, if if we go up and lift that cup, I'll be happier for no one more than Anthony Ralston. You know what he's been through? You know, the, the mental fortitude to basically be on a scrap heap and be ignored largely by... Um, a succession of managers and you know even the, the mere mention of his name on Axon people were, were were going daft that Ralston isn't a footballer he's no Celtic class this that and other he's still here he's still competing he's putting in the performances he likes he likes Tynecastle um, as well and I just think one player for me that will get a bigger cheer than any for me on the Scottish Cup final day is Tony Ralston I think his attitude's brilliant I listen that I, I'm probably one of the people that that has questions or had questions about him, but it's fair play to him, man. He, he's, he's stuck right in and he's proved to Ange that he can be the, the number two. And when he comes in, he's done really, really well. He's, he's changed his game. He's, he's, he's trying to start playing more attacking. He's, he's been scoring goals. And it was unfortunate that, um, that he got injured. I think it was um, a game at home and I... I'm pretty sure we didn't have a right back or somebody was playing at left back and I said, what happens if one of the full backs get injured and it was Ralston that day and then I think Taylor had to go to right back for the rest of the game because um, I think Juranovic was away. It might have been during the World Cup but uh, and we, we missed him and it was really good to see him back, especially at the weekend. Um, it was brilliant when he came on. I don't think he put a foot wrong. Um, put a lot of good challenges in. Won a good clean tackle against Cantwell, and he, that was a foul apparently. But um, but I like I like the aggression that he went in when it just says like when we were talking about that game, they were trying to do a lot of sort of pretty harsh tackles. But I thought we really cope with it, and we give it as sort of good as we as we got. We're not just a footballing team, but we've got that steel about us. Mm-hmm. And uh, he sort of um, encapsulates that really hard working. He's got that steel determination, and um, I would be, I would like to see him uh, get in, have a few games to the end of the season, which I think he will have. I think Johnston may be out for up to four weeks, and I hope he gets uh, better soon. Obviously, but um, good to see him, and you know I wouldn't I wouldn't be have any issues with him playing the cup final or anything like that. I think he's a solid solid option. Yes, it was great to see him back. And um, again, he's been through loads. He's only 24, Brian. Sometimes forget that because, you know, he broke in 17-year-old um, and he's been through the mire. And here he is uh, to tell the tale. He lives to tell the tale. Uh, brilliant backup option for Johnson. Great to get him games. Uh, but another right back, or he certainly started off there, is we Jackie Mack, Jackie McNamara. We're doing a gig with Jackie at the end of this month, right? And I'm just thinking, Brian, I don't know if this would work, but if anybody fancies coming on and singing, regaling us with the Jackie McNamara song, um, we could give away some competition tickets. Do you think that would work? We've got a lot of talent in the fan base. We've got loads of talent watching this Axon stream right now. Come on, stream on, come in, sing the song. Would you yeah. be up for that, Brian? Yeah. Can you hold it? I can't hold the tune. No, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely hopeless. I sing all the time, but I just don't know. Every day, about me when I sing, my missus is demented because I'm always singing in the morning, singing in the house. <laughs> I am, and I'm not a modest man, but I'm rotten. <laughs> so, so it wouldn't be me, but I'm sure. Who'd be up for it? Wait, wait a minute. We've just basically got oh, to go. Is. We've got to go with the flow here, right? So, uh, the underwater cabbage salesman would be up for that. Anybody else be up for that, right? Uh, because if so, we could maybe give away a couple of VIP tickets or something on Friday. Uh, this week or next let us know would you be up for coming on 
Uh, I certainly wouldn't do it, and neither would Brian Degnan. Uh, thanks, everyone, for getting involved. If you don't want to win tickets by singing for your dinner, uh, you can buy a couple underneath this video. The link is there. There's a few available. I'm sure it'll be a sellout. Most of them have been. Uh, so thanks, everybody. Uh, 800 nods strong on the live stream. That is really impressive on a Thursday. And, th you know, it's an unusual lineup today myself. Brian and Peter. I say unusual, not because you guys are unusual, just because it's uh, not the usual lineup. is what I'm trying Most to say. Most of the cantina bar in Star Wars in here, don't it? We started with Star Wars and we'll finish with Star Wars. Thanks everybody for getting involved and thank you to Brian Degden and uh, Peter McGacky for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.